You're listening to the Eat Scripture Podcast with Eric and Gina Robinson. So glad you joined us again. We have been walking through the Psalms for quite some time now, and we'll continue doing that, I would say, for longer than we've been doing it even thus far. Um, Although I don't know exactly where we are on our (laughs) list, but still I can say that with pretty good confidence and We are just walking through, not taking every psalm, but quite a few as we go through here and trying to kind of flesh them out a little bit, give you a little more sense of what is behind them and what the basic idea is, and then uh, letting you kind of sift through that on your own, find out where your place is in that. Maybe you're not in a lament mood right now, maybe you're more in a praise mood, which that is a wonderful place to be, Um, but we all know the lament. We're going to hit some of all of them. Yeah, exactly. The lament moods come, and then... Sometimes the wisdom moods come. So we've been through some of that too. Yeah. So um, good stuff. We are in Psalm 52 today. um, And so this one has a, what we'd call a long superscription, Mm -hmm. kind of telling us about it, where it is and and when it was located. Um, And we'll kind of look a little bit more closely at that as we plumb the depths. I think this has been really fun. I hope y'all are enjoying it. It's been a great opportunity to dig into mm-hmm. these psalms and uh, if you're if you're just now listening dig in with us yes this absolutely really, come uh, right in really helpful mm-hmm. i think as we go about our daily life it uh, oh man it's so good and so good to see that god has filled his word with stuff like this that feels immediately you know touches our heart really feel a lot of scripture we can all of scripture at some point we can dig in and get a lot from personally but it feels like sometimes you can barely step your foot in the psalm and feel like it's you are so immersed applicable. in it. Hey, this is me yeah. you know, um, so so many of the psalms are like that and i think um, people are i hope that you are enjoying this like gina said and so um, we would love to hear back from you if you have a chance you can go to eatscripture.com send us a note if you like or tell us how we're doing uh, whatever you might like there's some other resources there a couple of books that I've written um, and then another book for a friend of ours and resources um, you can look through all of that stuff there kids, make yeah. contact with us yeah that other one is a great resource for kids to really introduce them to Jesus throughout the scriptures which is one of the tenants basic tenants right. of our ministry and you'll be home with your kids um, this summer it would be great to go through those yeah with your kids. boy it certainly it would, would and it will provide an unbelievable foundation as they continue mm-hmm. to walk with christ in the word throughout life um so having said that let's jump back to psalm 52 and we'll take a closer look at this as we walk through it slowly kind of dissect it a little bit see what's in it Um, and so hopefully we'll all enjoy this ride that we're on Uh, let's start by reading the whole thing I think why do you boast of evil O mighty man the steadfast love of God endures all the day your tongue plots destruction like a sharp razor in you worker uh, you worker of deceit. You love evil more than good and lying more than speaking what is right. You love all words that devour, O deceitful tongue. But God will break you down forever. He will snatch and tear you from your tent. He will uproot you from the land of the living. The righteous shall see and fear and shall laugh at him, saying, See the man who would not make God his refuge, but trusted in the abundance of his riches, 
and sought refuge in his own destruction. But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the steadfast love of God forever and ever. I will thank you forever because you have done it. I will wait for your name for it is good in the presence of the godly. Hmm. Well, here we are starting this psalm that let's go back to the superscription now, that part mm-hmm. before verse one, and see what it is that this psalm is kind of yeah. supposedly it at least not hovering around yeah. as we're talking about this thing that you read, because boy, he had a lot to say about bad guys uh, mm-hmm. as we got started here, yeah. so maybe there's something to do with that. Uh, you want to yeah. go through that okay. real quick? And to, this is from the ESV, obviously, yeah. so. Yeah. To the choir master, a mascal of David, when Doeg the Edomite came and told Saul, David has come to the house of Ahimelech. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, if I don't know anything about yeah. that, I could be reading this psalm really with no clue, any kind of you know contextual setting, right. any kind of real history. If you have a chance, setting. you could pause this and go read 1 Samuel 21, is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, 21. And 22. Mm-hmm. Okay. And get uh, the background for the story that it's talking about here. Okay. About when David, this is when he went to, he was fleeing from Saul after Jonathan. Right. Saul and Jonathan definitely wanted to kill him. He was sure Saul wanted to kill him. Even Jonathan had to realize that his dad wanted to kill Jonathan tried to keep him realizing for a while. Now he had to realize that, he, that his dad definitely wanted to kill David. David's running for his life with a few loyal men who were at his side. Mm-hmm. And then what? And he goes to a place called Nob where there are mm-hmm. priests there serving in the temple. Tabernacle. Tabernacle. They have set up Sorry. at the time, right? No uh, temple yeah. yet, but a tabern- yes. tabernacle is. And uh, he kind of, he says that mm-hmm. Saul sent him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's a lie. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's any around the anyway around the fact that he's lying there. Um, and that he, they need bread for sustenance, and makes a case for it. And the um, priest Mm -hmm. says, "Yes, yes, you can have some." Okay, I got some. Got a little food here for you. Right, it'll it'll have to be the showbread. Yep. Which really we shouldn't eat, but only priests should eat it. I mean, the, as a matter of fact, the you know law is really clear about that. It's only to be eaten by the priests. But your but he knows who David is, is, and he yeah. thinks this is a worthy person to. He yeah. he, he needs yeah. to do this. Yeah, David's even said, "I'm on a mission of Saul." Yes, and it needs to be done right away. Yes, and so that's why I have to leave so quickly. We need some food. Yeah, and do you have a sword or a um, yeah even spear? Sword, yeah, and. Mm-hmm. Ahimelech, this priest, mm-hmm. says, well, yeah, the only one we have, the only thing we have is the sword of Goliath mm-hmm. that you, you know, he because of you. Got that in his spoils, so, yeah, from the victory. I think you could take that yeah, if that's what you need. Mm-hmm. And so David and his men take it yep. and go and off. He seems and, really pleased with it. As yes, I yes. And they go off and go immediately to Gad, which is the oddest thing ever to me because that's where Goliath was from uh, and goes to the king of Gad and realizes that they have, they are angry and they know who he is and so he starts acting crazy 
even like making scratches on the doors and I mean it's right. really funny it really takes to out read a about book of a lunatic yes yeah. and um so they say well he's crazy we can see that so just ignore him uh, the, basically the king yeah. said what in the world do you bring a crazy man into my presence for yeah. oh my gosh is this what I need like I need more crazy people around me get rid of it exactly yeah, so and so um then we see that Saul gets word of this that David has done this. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, because when they were at Ahimelech in the tabernacle, one of Saul's men, his manager of cattle or something like that, happened to be there at the same time, saw what was happening, and went back and told Saul. Well, he didn't tell Saul right away, but Saul finds out he's upset because David's still running around, and they haven't caught him. And so he says, does anybody know? anything about where David is and what he's and so Doeg is his name yep and he comes up and kind of tattles yes on David and <laughs> yeah. tells what happened yeah and so he says well all of these priests who helped this priest that helped him needs to die and Ahimelech comes before him and kind of pleads his case mm-hmm. and he says going to die anyway not only you but all your family and not only that but all the priests and not only that but everybody in the city of Nob they just wiped out 85 priests all the people who live there all of Ahimelech's family except for one I think it was one son uh, and I can't remember what his name was I don't have it written down right in front of me Abiathar I think uh, uh, yeah it is who, who then goes and joins David's. That's right. He winds um, up with David eventually. Yeah. Yep. But that's what this story is about. It's about Doeg having sold him out. Okay. And all of these priests being murdered because of it. Yes. And this the whole city wiped out. Because of that. That's right. Yeah. So that's what it's about. So when he says, why do you boast of evil, oh mighty man? I our, our mind should go then to Doeg, is Doeg. What you're saying. Okay. I think. I think that would be right. Um, yes. I think you would be exactly right on that. That's how I would read that too. I did note that evil and mighty man, both those words, mm. first time, first mention they are ever made of either one of those words in scripture is our context in Genesis chapter yes. six, where they're the the same time the world is filled with mighty man like this is the same time that the world is so evil that God is going to destroy it all. Oh, that's good. I didn't even notice that. So, so uh, for this, uh, I think you could. It would be fair to say that people who are raised on the scriptures, uh, Genesis being right at the heart of it, everything mm-hmm. they understand, when they read the first line of this, why do you boast of evil, oh mighty man, and hear those two words, their minds are going to be like, oh, that's bad, bad, bad. Yes. Bad. Things are headed for destruction. With people like this around, things are headed for destruction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you're right. And then he says the steadfast love, the hesed of God mm-hmm. endures yeah. all day. Yeah. In other words, whatever you do, right. God is still who he is. Yes. You can't change that. Yes. And uh, your tongue, and the, here we have uh, the boasting in the first verse, tongue in the second verse, lying in the third verse, 
in words in the fourth verse. Mm. So it's this whatever's it's uh, coming out of your mouth. Your, yeah, yes, exactly. Your tongue plots descri- uh, destruction mm-hmm. and um, lying more than speaking. You love lying more than speaking what mm-hmm. is right. Yeah. You love all words that devour. Deceitful tongue. So, uh, really, a lot of about what's coming out of your mouth. Yeah, the tongue is like a sharp razor. He says in verse two, and you know we can't help but read all this stuff about this tongue. And he mentions it again. He mentions the word tongue twice. Yes, he does again in verse four. We can't read all these words about the tongue and the deceitful tongue right here I don't think without thinking of James right away right. we know our Bibles very right. well our That's minds what are I going to go to James and so this is a perennial problem yes. for people is to use their tongues to do evil on their own behalf right. for their own to try and get their own way um, and so here we see it working its way out very ugly destructively uh, in, in like a razor cutting things down cutting people up uh, it, this is the kind of thing that people will do when left to their own devices. Mm-hmm. And, and our tongues, of course, have potential to do this same thing. Yes. We have to be, that's what James was saying. For goodness sake, put a bridle on your tongue, people. Oh my goodness. Yes. You can bridle a horse, you can't bridle a tongue, though. It's so, come on, we got to do something about this thing that, that sets whole forests on fire. Um, and that's our tongue and so and I think this is a good example of how that works because mm-hmm. Ahimelech didn't do anything wrong mm-hmm. these other priests probably didn't even all know about it yeah certainly not his family mm-hmm. and all the people that lived in Nob mm-hmm. but because of the words of Doeg yes yes it caused their destruction. All their families are basically, basically all their families are going to get killed. I mean, right. Or I mean, part of their, you know, obviously all the heads of households, these priests, um, at yeah, least I think them, they were not all, their whole yeah. families are going to get killed. I mean, 85 priests, that's a lot. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how I mean, come 85 a, priests were there. It was a full community, exactly. You can't imagine it wasn't a community of priests. This yeah, is what they did. Had to there, uh, a large family formed a community, and they're just completely wiped out. So it's horrible, terrible thing what's happened here. And it has based on that tongue of Doeg going and telling Saul uh, because he wanted to, I mean, without because he wanted to look person, good, he wanted to look exactly as none of the other have a piece of information. Uh, officers or soldiers or whoever mm-hmm. was going to raise a hand against these priests, right? Exactly. They all knew that was wrong, but Doeg, yes, said, I'll do it, and yes. he went and killed them all. So Doeg first gives the information about David and then when Saul says okay let's go kill all those guys we go he goes there he questions then he says we're gonna wipe them out his men you're saying wouldn't do it and and so Doeg was the one who said yes he stepped and said stepped up and said I would I'll do it yeah so So he however that is whether he does everyone himself or whether he leads in the doing of it um either way I mean he's the one who he gets pinned on and I think for good reason. And he, um, he was just wanting to, I think, look good in front of Saul and hope mm-hmm. that his position would be secure. Well, and yeah. Mm-hmm. That he would get elevated, maybe, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which I bet he did. I bet mm-hmm. there was some, uh, you know, political value to him in that, probably. Right. Um, 
but the I think this the tongue plots destruction I mean directly goes to the our confidence that the steadfast love of God endures forever mm-hmm. those are op- I mean yes opposites yeah they should be definitely that is opposites yes mm-hmm. I think so and then when it says in verse three you had already pointed it out you love evil more than good and lying more than speaking what's right right you love lying more than speaking what's right right now we've probably almost all of us been around somebody at some point that we thought oh my goodness is there any after you've been around them <laughs> long enough you thought do they do anything to lie yeah is there mm-hmm. any truth right in what they do say? i ever hear anything i can trust and it becomes a thing where you can you can feel like a person has really they've decided that this is the way they're going to get through life is by making things up the best they can even on the fly and it just becomes a way of yeah it's almost like they live in an alternative yeah uh, reality it's not really real they just make it up as they go and yeah yeah so whether or not Doeg is one of those, but just using verse three, like it says, mm-hmm. whether it's going over the top or not, the idea of, of trusting in your lies as much as ne- necessary to get what you want is a very disturbing thought. And that's the one he's picture he's painting here. I think there's a little um, question here. Whether Doeg really lied, sure, but he was certainly using his words for destruction, yes. and so maybe there was some lie in there. But um, truly, maybe there was. But whether or not, just like you're saying, what's a hmm, yeah the difference a between a lie and using your tongue for destruction? Um, let's just these are things that we have to be careful of. You know, it's one thing for me to not tell you if I have planned a surprise party for you and you ask, have you planned a surprise party for me on right. my birthday? Well, I'm going to tell you no, frankly. Yeah. I'm going to say right here on recorded, <laughs> <laughs> you know, internet forever. I, I would gladly lie to you in that case to try to keep you from finding out right. what I was doing for Because you. you're using um, your tongue for good and not for evil. That's right, exactly. That's a different kind of, oh my goodness, it's a different kind of deal. And so David is the anointed one here. David is one, and yes, he told a story, a fib, a lie about what he was doing whenever he got that show bread from right. Ahimelech and took off. He, got, he told a, a lie about it. Mm-hmm. Which, but God's hand is on David. Mm-hmm. And God's doing something through David that will that will bring about his kingdom. God wants to use David, has always used David. God has denied that and God has taken his spirit away from Saul. Right. So um, very much uh, there's more to it than just uh, I'm gonna be honest with you, there's more to it than the words coming out of your mouth. You right. know, and, and it's there our has to be an art, there has to be an intent, there has to be a, you know, those are important things. Of course, we don't lie if we don't have, if it wasn't just an absolute, uh, you know, we can't, we could parse all uh, right. different circumstances all day long. We're not we just want you that, to hear we're not yeah. condoning lying. No, but. definitely not. <laughs> just, I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah, there's a heart involved in right. all of this stuff. Okay, so now, now if we go to verse five, I think it's interesting to note if we go to verse five, and I like to put verse one through five together here. Okay. Um, one through five, even though the ESV doesn't do that, I put one through five together because they are all spoken in the second person. 
verse six and seven are spoken of in the third person. That's true. And verse eight and nine are all first person. Okay. Um, so, so here we're going to continue our, he is in verses one through five, he's actually speaking to or at addressing the evil people. Right. You, you, you. Right. Your list. But God will break you down forever. He will snatch and tear you from your tent. He will uproot you from the land of the living, which, I mean, that's some pretty violent destruction of the wicked. Yes. God is not going to hold back. Yeah. Man. Wow. Um, So, yeah, he winds up this you talk and this address to the wicked person by bringing up verse five, which is just, yes, God is going to get you. Yes. And violently violently he will not allow you to keep doing this he will uproot you from the land of the living so he's going to kill you mm-hmm. god will kill you if you persist in this which actually did happen so mm. yeah so kind of hard to argue <laughs> yeah. with yeah with what was right there um so very interesting that this so this is how he winds up his talk directly to and at the evil person yes. the person with the lying tongue then he goes into six and seven, and now he's going to talk just uh, in a third person sense about righteous people, right. um, and in verses uh, an evil person. How it is when you compare the two. Right. So in verse six and seven, the righteous shall see and fear and shall laugh at him, the evil doer, an evil person who's been destroyed, mm-hmm. saying. See the man who would not make God his refuge, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and sought refuge in his own destruction. Right. It's. I mean, we can see the foolishness. That's what it's saying. This righteous person. There's. It's complete tomfoolery mm-hmm. to not put your take refuge in God mm-hmm. and trust in His uh, safekeeping. Yes. But you. But the wicked are trusting in your own abundance of riches yes uh whenever it says there the thing one of the things i got from that in verse four or i'm sorry verse four verse seven verse seven the parallelism in but trusted in the abundance of his riches and sought refuge in his own destruction so trusted That's in the true. abundance and sought refuge, those are parallels. His riches and his own destruction are actually parallels. Yes. So he trusted in his riches, and by doing so, he was actually trusting in his own destruction. Um, that that's not how we (laughs) that's not generally that we would definitely trust in our riches because we thought they were the best safest most uh secure place for us to place Mm -hmm. our trust but it turns out hey those are your destruction oh my goodness if you think you're gonna you think you you think that's gonna be your yourself yeah and find a way to protect yourself with your riches it's never gonna work and i think that's implying that doeg must have thought that he was going to to acquire something yes, from this. Yes, acquire this. something by doing this. and yep. So you're trusting in that. You mm-hmm. want more. Mm-hmm. And that's going to lead to your destruction. Yes. Rather than making God your refuge when you know that David is actually the anointed mm-hmm. king. Yep. And shouldn't be being chased down for his life. Right, exactly. Um, he knew better. So yes. I think, you know, it's just, it's obvious when we're looking at it from this point, mm-hmm. that that's stupid. Mm-hmm. 
But if you're in the middle of it, you may not see that. Exactly. And certainly, if your heart is prone to go seek after your own advantages anyway, it's going to be very hard for you to see past that, you would think. Um, right when it, we didn't talk about verse six very much, but the righteous shall see and fear. They'll be in awe. It's like mm-hmm. this awe, that reverence, that it's fear. It's got definitely got fear of terror as right. part of the word. Also, this awe, this awe of what you're seeing, what you're looking at, a terror and an awe. But then also, it mentions, it goes on, and shall laugh, shall yatsak, um, which think, comes from yeah. yitzak. Um, and so it is, or I'm sorry, yatsak. Yitzak, which is Isaac, comes from, uh, now, I'm gonna, now that I've got that word in my head, I'm not getting the other, but I'm it's sorry. the root. It's this okay. root. It's the same, basically the same thing. Um, it's just not exactly Isaac like sometimes we see. But this one is from the same root, laughing slash mocking uh, at the one who has been destroyed, at the evil man who's being mm-hmm. destroyed. The righteous person will both be in a terrible awe of Watching what they this, see yeah. in the destruction, and yet at the same time, there'll be this type of mocking laughter. I mean, that's the picture that's being painted. The righteous one, in other words, will be able to see the difference very clearly and and will feel um, confident in himself, but see the, see the folly chosen by the one who didn't follow God. Um, be obvious so it's a it's a stark picture and it's one that leaves you you know a little shaken up when you try and make it go in your head just to yeah, you don't want to think about the righteous and the laughing evil and, it yeah yeah somebody's what's downfall to one and what's happening to the other but the picture of course is supposed to be jolting and so it's and i think we go on with that. that in verse eight because it says but i Yep. I guess yeah, David to his first person. I I am like you were trying to really do evil to me. Mm-hmm. But I am like a green olive tree. Yep. Which an olive tree is the symbol of peace and prosperity. Yep. It is um you know the opposite of up here in verse 5 where it says he will uproot you. I am like a green olive tree. Yeah. Growing. <laughs> right. Producing fruit. Producing fruit, exactly like a green olive tree producing fruit. That's nice, healthy olive tree. Yes. In the house of God, I trust in the steadfast love of God, the Hesed, forever and ever. Yes. And then I think this last part of this, that just goes on with, I think you're talking about the contrast there. Mm-hmm. It's just giving a huge contrast. Um, and then it goes on to say, I will thank you forever because you have done it. And then I think it's a little confusing here. It says, I will wait for your name for it is good. I think that may be like a parenthetical at there so that it's more like, I will thank you forever because you have done it in the presence of the godly. Yes. With that parenthesis in there, I will wait for your name for it is good. It's like he couldn't even finish the sentence without saying that. Uh, Do you okay. get that? It, it is so so in the presence of the godly then is 
his modifying It's just, I will thank you forever because you have done it in the presence of the godly. Got you. Yeah, okay. Because I don't think they're waiting for his name. Right. Uh, like. Right. Yeah. So we get that, like you're saying, almost parenthetical there right toward the right. end. Ah, I'll wait for your name. It's so good. And then he, because that's where he's also going to be waiting for the name in the presence of the right. godly. Sure. But he's going to be, you, what you've things. done, it's done among right. godly people. Right. Done, I don't know. I may be reading into that. I saw that somewhere else too, and it made more sense to me when I read it that okay. way. Well, I can certainly see that. I think that that is perfectly good. I was thinking about that phrase a lot. I will wait for your name, for it is good. And I just couldn't help but think, I mean, the, the name of God. There are yes. times in the Old Testament Huge. where the name takes on... It has a power all its own, a power and a personality almost all its own. Right. And so it takes on all of that. And so I'm going to wait for your name. Yes, um, for it is good. And when your name comes, yes. great things happen. Wherever your awesome. name is, wherever Yahweh is, mm -hmm. good things happen. Um, so that's what I was thinking. So this psalm ends with this Thanksgiving, and uh, it's taking place, I think, in a community mm -hmm. here. Uh, yeah. Our Thanksgiving should take place in, a, in the congregation people we should God. thank him together mm -hmm. yeah that's, that's kind of how this song ends yeah i think which i think is a great ending we should all be able to come together and thank god you know when he has rescued us from the hands of those who are against us and and that's where we're going here so certainly david when he hears or when he's been through this experience, can write something like I think this he's really, really righteously picture. angry. That I mean, I can't imagine if I thought that what had happened, yeah, had caused the death of all these people, mm -hmm. the slaughter of priests, mm -hmm. even, mm -hmm. and their families. Um, yeah, he's angry that yeah. Doeg would have let that happen. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to point out where David was. It's another thing to throw these priests under the bus and yeah. um, cause their death. Mm -hmm. Right. But we, you know, I think we can relate to that. Those things happen. Mm -hmm. The consequences of what we say and do are big. Very, very big. Yeah. Well, great psalm. I loved walking through it like this and keeping our mind on that. Uh, experience of David. So I hope y'all enjoyed that as you were listening. Um, we are really glad that you listened again. Like we said, feel free to send this to uh, send the link to somebody uh, you think might get something out of it or uh, point them toward our podcast. If you want to share it on social media, that's fantastic. Or just drop us a line. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're listening on iTunes, um, really, it never hurts to hit that button to say that you are enjoying the podcast. Um, just uh, let, like it for us and um, say a good word about us. It will really promote our podcast a lot. We yeah. thank you so much for doing that. I think just um, to end here, I just wanted to also say in verse 1 and in verse 8, it's talking about the Hesed mm -hmm. and it being the first part all day and then at the end forever and ever. Yeah. So I just want to leave yeah. us with that thought. I liked that too. His I Hesed that. and trusting in his steadfast love never ends it's never ending and yeah. that's what gives david uh, yeah. i think up some peace yeah 
Thank you for pointing that out, great little inclusio. Mm-hmm. Um, their steadfast love of God never ends. Hey, thank you again. We hope y'all have a great few days, and we're going to be talking to you really soon about Psalm 53. So All take right. a look at well, it. Let's keep we'll, going. We'll join you next time. Thanks. Thank you.